Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode. Previously, the party completely dismissed Retzla, flew through a dangerous mountain bluff, went to creepy dream dimensions, crafted weapons and armor, and invaded Larry's personal dojo. Now that they're ready for their next adventure, chock full of experience, levels, and Larry's protein shakes, what will they do? Find out this episode here at Good Job Adventures. After two weeks of traveling through the sky in the Chillin' Dragon, you can finally see your destination on the horizon. You peer out the window at a decent tract of land that looks as if it was sculpted in the middle of this forest by a machine. Everything is stone and metal. It is like a very small yet highly developed campus completely encircled by a tall wall, and looming in its center is a very large building, standing much taller than the rest of them. You all breathe a sigh of relief. Finally, you can get out of this bar. You really wouldn't think that living with Larry would be that bad, but it really was. Sure, he had his good points, like the training and the food, but all of his constant complaining about his missing protein shakes was starting to get on your nerves. Don't even get me started about the early morning dusting and cleaning. It sounded like a goblin was dying every day at 5am, but worst of all was his humming. He would always hum and sing off-key. It was very unsettling. Alright guys, it looks like we're finally here. That's uh, Vancouver Enterprises on the horizon. Y'all see it? Yes. Yeah, it's, yes. it's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And actually, you know, I've asked you guys a couple of times, but like, what what did you guys come here to do again? I just want to make it clear. Like, I thought you guys was like all gung-ho in finding these towers. Like, do you have some sort of a lead? We were just found that Cass who raised the last tower, was invited to this event. Not entirely sure why we're going here, but we don't really know when any of the other towers are, so maybe we'll give us some information. If, if, if anything, if anything, this is the closest thing we have to a lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, that is a good point. Now that you mention it, I have no idea where any other tower is either. So, like, uh, what's, what's your guys' plan? This, uh, this event, like, just from what I know, is like a, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, a meeting of the minds, like a bunch of these guys just like come in and try to f fork off their inventions to either get bought or hired. Like, do you guys have like a, an idea, like what you're looking for? Like, is it is it for a tower or is it for someone who's here? I mean, personally, my plan was to just find a stage uh, and just start shouting "developers, developers" while I clap my hands over and uh, hope that people join in. Uh, yeah, that, that is a that is a good way to get some developers, especially land developers. They're all over here. You see, they just carved everything out in the in the middle of the woods there, but I, 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 uh, I digress, but, um, I just want to let you guys know Larry's going to be gone for a few days, so I'm just going to drop y'all off, and then I'm actually going to have to hightail. Where are you going? I gotta oh. go, okay. Well, I've actually got to drop Retzel off with a couple of his friends, a little bit head off, head off to my north. Oh, yeah, that guy. I want to miss that guy. I won't. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you guys had great conversations, and he, like, kind of, he kind of, like, kicks the, uh, kicks the hatch that's next to the side of the bar. Um, yeah, I gotta go drop him off, uh, drop him off, and it's gonna be a little bit of a bumpy ride, but it ain't gonna be too bad. Okay. 
Well, not sure why you mentioned that. Yeah, that seemed unnecessary, but I think we should probably uh, disembark now. If that's the right term. You got it. All right. So you all land outside of the gate of Vancouver for Enterprises. See you later, knuckleheads. See you in a few days. And you all step out. Bye, Larry. Farewell. Did his accent change? I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, lean over to Owl and say, "You think they're fucking?" I mean, he did say "bumpy ride" and kind of wink at yeah, us. Yeah, that was that was weird. That kind of came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, would there would there be issues? No, if they I'm were? just like, why, why? Ah, I don't know. I I do agree that it is. I'm still here. I am st- I am still here. <laughs> Larry, for the last time, you, you, we will invite you to the huddle if we want you to be part of the huddle. Ow! Larry! That's my foot! Larry! Ow! Oh, oh alright, fine. I will. Alright. Guess I. Uh, alright, I'm, I'm gonna go now. Bye, Larry. Goodbye. And you see, he ta- he uh, gets back inside of his bar as you all disembark, and he uh, you see, uh, it flies away. So, in front of you all now. Uh, is a 10-foot wall that looms above all of you as you approach. In front of the gate, there stands one guard, and like the wall, he is also quite large. He is standing, however, next to a very small guard post. Does anyone have an invitation? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I figured one of you gra- grabbed it. Did we leave it in the chillin' dragon? Oh, God. Uh, I, I I swear to Hephaestus. Yeah, I have it. I have it. Oh, here you go. Pull oh, it out, my goodness. Body. Yeah. That would, that would have been real bad. <laughs> That would have been a great start to this story. <laughs> All right, uh, Breathweaver, I think. Against my better judgment, you should do the talking, because you have the invitation, and I don't want to hold it. Oh, no. Wait, wait. Owl, uh, can't no. you turn into anybody? I mean, <clears throat> yes. Couldn't you turn you into Cass? You think they're going to know who Cass is by his facial features thing it like, would we, we, we might as well cover um or i don't remember this yeah we might as well like in the event that we do we are covered i feel like i've been leaning on shape-shifting a little too much i was hoping to branch out oh well, i mean at the at, at the very least you can assume a uh, cass's identity uh, long enough for us to get into building and then you can do whatever you want well, if he does it to get in, he sh- he would probably have to stay in that form. We'll just say that Cass is in bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All of the bathrooms at the same time. Against my better judgment, I will turn myself into a constipated Cass. I mean, I, well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Owl, if you do not want to do that, like, does anyone have like better idea? Yeah. What is your better Could judgment? I... Could I double? I, I, I double checked the note to make sure that it specifically stated Kaz, or if it was just a general invitation. Like uh, okay. to whom it may concern, or current resident. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you pull out the note uh, from your bag, and you you read it over once more, and it reads: Van for Enterprises requests the honor of your presence to attend and participate in the annual Tefekian Mines exhibition. A meeting of inventors, artists, tradesmen, and craftsmen. Let your genius come alive here. And signed at the bottom, in the neatest cursive you have ever seen, is the name Fixus Van Corfer, CEO of Van Corfer Enterprises. The date inscribed is set for this day. Guys, 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 we're we're over we're overthinking it. 
Well, uh, the good news is it doesn't say a name, but it does say let your genius come alive. So Breathweaver probably shouldn't be the one with it. Excuse me, good sir. Well, here's the thing. As far as like who would be the one to like present, one had mentioned like smart people, so that, that, that could possibly be Ander. And then also it <laughs> mentioned like craftsmen, so like that would be me. That's my like modus operandi. So like, wait, was that smart person line serious? All right. I mean, I, th I thought I thought it was. I, um, I had Did I hear you talking shit? I was calling you smart, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your fastest. Get your face out of your book. I'll I'll hand. Uh, it might be. I know I'm no skilled craftsman, and uh, my knowledge can be limited. So here, I'll pass it to Wilhelm. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> go on then go on talk to the big man oh is is that like a, a, a height based slight against me and he's a big man yeah did you hear the flavor text he's as big as the wall yes i am a big man was he listening this whole time ow my foot <laughs> oh was i not supposed to be in this huddle Oh no! Well, we I just well, came about two seconds well, ago. Well, friend, you are you are now in huddle. So, hello. Are we gonna need a sign like that I wear on my back saying, "Please do not join this huddle"? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, if we have downtime, look, I could like make hammer or fuck make sign. I mean, genius, resident <laughs> genius, resident genius over here. Show him the letter. Ah, I uh, welcome to Vancouver for Enterprises. I presume you're here for this year's exhibition. That is correct. If possible, would I be able to verify your invitation? Yes. I, 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 uh, well, hold on a second. As Wilhelm goes into his bag and pulls out these, uh, the invitation, he's like, is this sufficient? Thank you. Please <laughs> allow me one moment. And he begins to eye the piece of paper up and down and looks satisfied. Okay, understood. And he hands you back the piece of paper. May I take down each of your names and or occupations? Uh, well, well, I am Wilhelm Onyx Brew, a brewer brew by family trade, and then also member, what a, um, also member of a um, a forger's guild, and then Vil, uh, Wilhelm goes in his bag and presents his guild insignia. Understood. And you see the large man pull out a small clipboard and begin to write it down. And the rest of you? Ander Nilo, librarian and scholar of Ogma. Understood. Uh, Elagos, paladin of Helm, and I just want to say for the record, just because I'm giving you my information does not mean I consent to receive promotional stuff from you. We will not send you any sending stone notifications, Elagos. And he, like, checks off a small box <laughs> next to your name. <laughs> my name? You want my name? Yes, and <laughs> occupation. My name is... W Captain Wilford Weatherville. I'm a, a sea captain <laughs> of the high... Um, Seas. How many? I don't know how many there are, but I've been on all of them. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Can you, Captain? What? Wilford Weatherville of the High 
insert number here, C's. Understood, Mr. Winder, uh, Winderville. Uh, Weatherville, uh, I will take note of this. I'm sure you're very excited to be here. Uh, and then he looks upon Breathweaver. My my name is John Peters, <laughs> Captain Weatherville's first mate. <laughs> El, at this point, Elgos is going to look back at them with, with a face that just says, Why? They'll also give a, a, a similar, thoroughly confused look. Andrew's just going to put his head in his hands. Thank you, the both of you. Uh, and, well, everyone else. Uh, and then he walks over to the small guard post and gets inside. And then he pulls a small series of levers, and then you begin to hear a loud grounding, grinding sound as stone is, seems to be smashing together that is heard when the gate in front of you begins to open. And it finally opens now after a few moments, and then he steps outside of the guard post, and he says, My colleague here will provide you with the tour. He should be arriving any moment now. Thank you, good sir. I also don't think we caught your name. Ah, my name is Diebel. Ah, you looked How like you a... spell that? Yeah, you looked like a Diebel. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's D... E-E-B-L-E. Diebel. And then, after you have made your introductions to Diebel... Uh, you hear this weird sound coming from behind the gate, and you just hear, Vroom! and then a man in a lab coat and a pair of thick rim glasses suddenly appears out of nowhere. He adjusts his poofy purple hair, and a few pencils happen to scatter across the ground. He hurriedly picks them up. Ah, so so very sorry that I'm late. Had to had a few last projects to draw up. Nice to meet you. My name is Tomas, Vroom! and he disappears from sight. Uh, so, so is, is his name like Thomas Vroop? Moments later, he appears about 10 feet back, engineer to the prestigious Van Corfer Experimental Transportation Division, or as I like to call it, the Transposition Division. And you see he uh, recollects himself. Ha ah, ho, I seem to have done it again. And then he walks back over to your group. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you all. I uh, just... Oh, a quick question. Yes. Did did you spend like all night coming up with that 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 name? The I'm like tra the transportation division or whatever. Oh, the trans. It's a, just a little joke that I have, but uh, I, I, I'm aware it was a bad joke. It was. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm attempting Jesus. to I'm attempting to make fun of you. Nice to meet you. That transposition. That's such a great joke. Oh, I. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't hit every target, but I, I'm glad I at least got one. Man, the clouds are really rolling in. Did it just get really shady? Yes. <laughs> I. Oh. Oh. Oh my. Well. <laughs> nice. So to that meet tour. Him. Yes. Yes. The tour, of course. And nice <laughs> to meet you all. And he takes a look at a, a small device uh, by by his side. He's like, Ah, uh, a uh, Mister Mister Captain Wilfred Weatherville, John Peters, Wilhelm Onyx Brew, uh, Elagos, and Andanilo. Uh, I, I welcome you here. Uh, so, so yes, yes, of course, going on. We shall begin your tour. Why do I get the feeling that at the end of this tour, five of us are going to be carted off by little men singing songs? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, with nothing, nothing I know about little men, but uh, there's no carts here. 
Uh, and he begins to walk through the gates onto the stone ground uh, inside. And he's like, come, come through, come through. Uh, so as you all uh, as you all pass through the gate, you walk into this uh, th th this location, this campus, and the place is a marvel. Uh, carriages without horses seem to be maneuvering over the ground with ease, as people sit behind the the coach of the of these carriages uh, using some sort of wheel. Uh, you see these there are these bizarre signs in, like hanging and suspended in the sky that change colors from green, yellow, and red. Uh, the lampposts that line the streets are, are not even really lamps, they're just shining, they're not fire, they're just shining orbs of light. Buildings seem to be made from steel and glass and, you know, ev everything's chrome here in the future. But, like, you see that this is the most organized development you've seen so far out of all of your travels. Uh, and T Tomas uh, seems to uh, stand there just basking in me. He's like, so, um, welcome for your first, I assume your first time here. Uh, does it looks, how does it look nice? Are you, are you, does it seem like this is uh, the, the, the birthplace of invention? This place looks wonderful and marvelous. Oh, I like your taste, dear sir. Uh, so, let me start from the beginning. For those of you who do not know, Van Corfa Enterprises was established 50 years ago. Originally as a trade company, Mr. Van Corfa had a dream to simplify trading solutions for the many regions of the world. He saw a market for that, and for the most part, it had not been expanded upon beyond local trade deals or, on rare occasions, nationwide trading. And due to a variety of laws that prevented this type of possibility, he decided to make a change. After visiting so many parts of the world, he wanted to find a way to enjoy the comforts of one place somewhere else. So, he managed to create his own independent company here in Tefek, and constructed a complicated series of contracts to allow each and every region of the world to trade through him. Uh, it benefited him greatly, of course, but the great good it has done the world is nothing to be sneezed at. Uh, and moments later, he actually sneezes uh, and blinks out of existence. That was another bad joke. <laughs> he reappears moments later behind you. Uh, well, apologies. Not again. Not all of them land, but that that part was not a joke. Uh, but after is is is. is... A quick question: Is is your like teleportation powered by bad comedy? Uh, <laughs> I I don't Ooh. mean to I don't mean to be like remarkably ag aggressive, but like I I think that's a lie. <laughs> and, and my my intention is not to be aggressive. I'm just uh, confused by the barrage of uh, bad jokes. Uh, no, uh, the the barrage of bad jokes are entirely my doing. That the teleporting is 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 not really uh, something I choose. Um, it's, I actually was happening to make a breakthrough, uh, a few, uh, a few uh, months ago, uh, when I was, uh, signing a bunch of papers, you see. Uh, it happens randomly from time to time, but whenever I attempt to introduce myself, uh, when I had made my breakthrough, I was signing a bunch of paperwork. Whenever I happen to say my full name, it happens more or less on command. Uh, but I never really control where it is I come and pop in and out of. You never control where you come? Uh, yes. Where I come, where I go, uh, where I reappear. It's quite a hassle, actually. You see that what I just did there? That was a joke. You why? Quite. <laughs> you're all very rude. <laughs> I I didn't think I did anything. Have I done something wrong? It's why the fans love us. All right. The, the tour 
Yes, yes. So after establishing, he starts walking. After he's established his trading channels, uh, Mr. Van Corfer also began to hire more employees for different types of trading solutions, such as keeping produce cold with magic, ice magic specifically, as well as actual magical products we, which we produce in-house here. Have you, uh, have any of you gentlemen ever seen an immovable rod? One of our very first designs. Oh. Yes. That was your design? I, I have That's a, awesome. Well, thank you. I've had my fair share of experiences with the, with the immovable rod. What happens if one breaks when you're wielding it? Ah, um, usually, well, uh, that's in very rare cases that we have seen that. Uh, if an immovable rod should break, uh, let me, let me think here. It's very rare cases indeed. Um, so the magic that had sus been suspending it likely would break in some sort of the catastrophic explosion within the ethereal plane, of course. Um, nothing that you would see from what meets the eye, but the the wielder would be in terrible pain, uh, one would say, because they've literally just broken So Imagine, you know the, you may know the classical example, an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. You've basically, uh, done that. Uh, it, it can leave, it can leave some serious scars. I wouldn't recommend it. Yes, it can. Ah. Well, nothing is impossible, as they say. Uh, so, you see, he uh, he walks by a small warehouse as you guys are walking through the streets. That to that over there is uh, is my office. Lots of uh, lots of magic going on in there. Um, but let me go ahead and bring. So that's where the magic happens. That's where my magic happens. Yes. Uh, I missed another opportunity for a zinger there. Uh, but yes, that is where the the magic happens, or my magic happens. I, I'm more in the experimental division uh, of the uh, of our trans uh, transportation team. Um, again, let me uh, let me on continue on with the rest of the tour. Uh, nothing really to be seen there. Uh, and you see, he uh, kind of roots out of existence again, and he appears uh, fifty feet uh, north of you and shouts, "This way, gentlemen!" As you all, as you all catch up to him, uh, you, you all, he brings you in front of this, uh, in, in front of a quite, uh, a, de a decently tall looking building that looks akin to a lighthouse. Uh, it seems to be crafted out of, uh, white marble and the doors have been laden with gold and in front of it stand two suits of armor. Uh, inside of here, uh, is our store of magical items and assets, uh, kept very carefully under lock and key. Uh, all items created here, uh, are either ones that we deem too powerful for civilian consumption or deemed too dangerous or the kind that are just stored in here for proper processing at a later date. Uh, we just make sure that our products are kept incredibly safe uh, d d during the duration here at Vancouver for Enterprises. Uh, any questions so far? If they're too powerful for civilian consumption, who are you selling them to? Ah, so it, it, it would depend. So not, not too powerful in the sense of just like, uh, they are weapons. Uh, no, dear, no. Uh, they're too powerful in the sense of there would be no need for them. So such as lar large-scale generators, uh, things that produce magical energy. Um, it's in the off case, yes, there are some weapons. Uh, but usually these are bought by countries uh, or other, other nations that are attempting to uh, stand out or make their themselves better. Uh, that's what we keep inside of here. Nothing like an, an immovable rod wouldn't be necessarily put in here. Uh, it's a lower level class of magic. So you're defense contractors. In one sense, one could say that we do provide defense contracting, but not. it is not our main source of business. Our main source of business is trade. Defense trading. I mean, 
not not always defense. Most of what we trade are produce or products from other countries. Defense produce. So do you sell stuff mainly to Tofek or? We sell it to Tofek. Uh, we have sold offshore uh, to many a myriad of nations, uh, those of which you likely are familiar with, uh, but fairly much anywhere in the world. But Tofek is where we started as it is an independent country, uh, independent land, currently not under the rule and or thumb of anything, really. It's more of like a, a, a neutral zone. And I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I felt like you, Zyrsialagos, were about to say, say something else. I don't know if you were cut off. Uh, no. I understood. And we... The tour? We have def defense watermelons. Yes, the tour! <laughs> uh, <laughs> defense watermelons uses shields. What? Uh, so let, let's continue. Uh, and you head, head on further north as you're heading around this campus. And as you walk past the, uh, the vault, uh, you, you walk past the building and you notice there seems to be some caution tape set up around a rather decently sized crater. As one worker in a lab coat is standing near it, jotting down some notes hurriedly onto a clipboard. As Tomas uh, ru rushes you past the scene, uh, kind of just like moving at a brisker pace than normal. May I ask what that's about? Uh, yeah, um, what? What do you say? The, the giant crater. Oh, uh, and he looks over at a, um, a small crater and says, Ah, this is an, uh, a, a wiry experiment going on. I'm sure nothing too too terrible. I always advise to do, do nothing with the caution tape. Usually it is best to steer clear as he uh, kind of just like teleports uh, a little bit further away from it into, into the crater. So I'm, I'm looking at the crater and I'm asked, uh, So what exactly is your baseline for too terrible? Uh, so you look over in the crater, and I want you to roll an investigation check. All right. Ooh, that's not good. That's a three. Okay, so you take a look inside of the crater, and it looks like just a hole that had been... It is a perfect circle in the ground, uh, but it just looks like the inside of, like, the... It's, it's currently carved in the stone, but it just looks like what's inside of there is metal. Doesn't look. It looks like maybe someone was like carving out the space for a pothole, maybe a very large pothole. Um, I, too dangerous would be something that we'd keep inside of the vault, uh, dear, dear Elago, sir. Uh, but nothing like um, uh, nothing, nothing terrible to note. I usually just best to avoid them as we want to keep everyone's safety in mind. Interesting. Moving on. Understood. You've got it. Yes, the tour. The tour. Yes, the tour. The tour. The tour. Uh, and Tomas uh, leads you through a couple of more streets into a wide clearing. And in front of you uh, are about ten decently sized ships that seem to be working on by a large crew of workers. And he kind of like nudges you, Owl, and he's like, "Ah, yes, Mister Weatherville, you'd probably be very interested in this, and you as well, uh, co-captain John Peters. This is our uh, this is our First shipping. Me. I'm sorry." First mate, first mate, John Peters, allow me to jo let me jot that down because uh, some god in the sky told me of it. Uh, first mate. You, you can call me Jonathan. Ah, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> That's more inconvenient. That is incredibly inconvenient, but I, <laughs> I will take it. Um, so he kind of looks, he's like, so um, these, uh, these, sh these ships are, uh, are quite our bread and butter as of late. Uh, and you all take a look at them. They're quite decently large ships you can tell that they, they are not currently docked in any some sort of water they seem to just be um 
be kind of like anchored into the ground. And he's like, so what do these, uh, M Mr. Weatherville, what do these, uh, what kind of ship shop, sh tip top shape do you think these ships are in? You think they could take on the seas? I'd ship it. Uh, well, can I roll like, uh, I want to like look them up and down. Sure. Uh, roll a perception check. All right, let's see. Uh, I got a 19. I need to see what my modifier is. Um, oh, I got a 25. Okay, so so despite your nautical no knowledge, uh, as this is clearly a lie, uh, you you up you look up and down these ships, and they look fairly fairly well ready to uh, to, to to take on the sea. In fact, they look as if they're the highest speed ships that you've seen in a while. Uh, and you see Tomas is eagerly awaiting your, uh, your, your judgment. Mm. I mean, I've seen better, but they, they look like they'd be able to hold, hold a, a crew, I suppose. Tackle some of that, the big puddle, as they call it, on the, the open waters. Now, uh, now, uh, <laughs> what if I told you that these ships are not for sailing in the sea? I wouldn't be surprised. Well, really? Uh, well, Here come the clouds again. they, uh, they actually, they, they sail through the sky, uh, as you, as you have mentioned, the clouds there, Jerry goes, these are our, uh, first of a kind airships, uh, that we have been carefully designing in the actual transportation department, not the experimental one, uh, in order to, in order to find a faster way, uh, for us to deliver our goods to anywhere. I prefer the open seas. Thank you very much. Understood. I prefer just being on ground. Can I ask what kind of propulsion system they have that makes uh, travel through the ether any faster than travel through the open waters? They are powered by bad jokes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. They, they are not powered by bad it. jokes, I assure you, as he teleports behind <laughs> you now. And he's like, well, what they are powered by is actually something that we've come in contact with our trade partners in Saya. Uh, what I would... They're, they're powered by trade partners? Well, they were powered by something that we're experimenting with from our trade partners in Saya. We do not use trade partners as fuel, uh, that is to say. You're experimenting on trade partners? What? Yes, every single one. No, this isn't the experimental. This is the actual. This is so the actual. They're actually doing stuff to their trade partners. Yes, we are <laughs> turning, we are terribly viscerating them and turning them into ships. Uh, the only benefit is the fact that they could fly prior and now we're using them to transport goods. What the hell? What the hell kind of weird body horror bullshit is this? That was a joke. <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, that was a joke. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. What about the tour? So this is the okay, tour. Okay, how about how about we stop roasting man's Thank jokes? You. You, it's that. mostly been you. <laughs> it's I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I said except for me. Let us let let us let let what was your name again? Tomas, correct? Tomas. Let us let Tomas give his spiel. Thank you. Well, yes. they are newest line in advanced high speed transportation. Once we had mastered land and sea travel, we figured, well, why not air? It's a lot safer than teleportation is right now, and a hell of a lot more reliable, as it's not powered by bad jokes. Uh, and as you all are standing there taking this, uh, taking this scene in, uh, someone happens to bump past you uh, carrying a large creative materials breath weaver. Uh, and you, you turn around and you, you kind of just see this quite large gentleman. Is the box labeled bad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. Did it say trade partners on that box? Uh, 
you you turn around and you see uh, quite a large uh with a large blue dragonborn with a wide frame uh and he says to you sorry lad uh sorry lad couldn't see you here with this ear box uh, if you'll be excusing me uh and he kind of pushes past and he says no this is uh these are not trade partners uh these are uh these are tools and he uh where you uh yes where are you bringing the tools? Well, over to the constr- over to the the yard where I need to uh use them to fix up the ship. Sorry, did anyone mention trade partners out loud? Uh, because that seems like a weird thing to bring up out of nowhere. I mean, I mentioned them. I mean, I also mentioned them as well. <clears throat> uh, th- this is uh, th- y- are you referring to our trade partner Saya, or are you just asking why the uh? uh- my colleague here is is referencing it. Just continue. Yeah. Yes, please. All right. Yes, with the tour. Uh, and you see the dragonborn uh, rushes past you to complete his delivery. He says, "Don't mind him. He's a uh, he's a new recruit we've recently hired for some repairs." Should should he really be walking around blindly though? I I did not see that he was blind, but it it looks like the box is just a little bit too big. Uh, but n- let me let me get you to the last. Was that a bad joke? Yes. I'm just, I, I, how are you getting so distracted from the tour? I, okay. It's one thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, well, I'm getting <laughs> sidetracked. There's a lot of stuff happening, but now let, let's... All right, fine. That's it. This End of tour. Let me bring you to the f- final stop. Uh, Sorry, one more question. Are those those lights, are they by chance gas lights? <laughs> oh, I didn't No, they are not gas... Oh. Oh, I see what you're doing. Good one. Uh, and he kind of just like... Uh, adjusts his lab coat. It's like, now let's finally get you situated with the other guests. I have a question. Yes, what is your question? Yes, I I will handle them in order. Mr. Mr. Weatherville, how may I help you? So, can you uh, give us a bit of the rundown on who Fixus Van Corver is as a person? I'd like to know my party hosts. Of course. Maybe some fun facts or Ah, trivia. Perfect. Uh, So, well... Physical characteristics like height, eye color... Uh, that's very specific and very cordial of you to, yes. Uh, well, (laughs) well, uh, the first truth is that he built this company by himself. The second truth, let me give you a little bit more information than just a few jokes. We've we've gone past that quite, quite a few times. Mr. Fixus Van Corfa is in his, well, early, early 80s. Uh, he still is the picture of health. Uh, here in his, uh, here at the, uh, at Fixes Van Corfa, at Van Corfa Enterprises, uh, and he stands about, oh god, I haven't measured him, but it's no taller than six feet tall, um, <laughs> uh, he's always uh, impeccably, uh, uh, well-dressed, um, and he's also one of the, uh, one of the kinder men, uh, that you, you likely will meet, uh, here. Uh, he's always looking for the next opportunity. Uh, does that sufficiently, like, would you care to know something more specific, or? Uh, I'll just wait. This was unsatisfying. All right, then. And Mr. Onyx Brew. Uh, well, with how, with how, like, all of these, like, it, fancy, like, horseless wagons and tall buildings and, like, Color change, uh, multi-chromatic lights. Is this like some sort of a experimental prototype community of tomorrow or some shit? Yes, or... I'm glad you've asked. Well, it's not exactly a prototype that we'd like to roll out to everyone, uh, but it is 
a set of inventions that we think would benefit the world. Uh, it is it is so, a so, working model. So so it is it is something like, hey, look at all of the wonderful ideas we have for the future. Yes, essentially. yes that is correct. Right. I'm glad that you uh, you take an interest in this. Uh, but let let us uh, finally get you situated with the other desks with the other guests. Uh, and you he walks you towards the larger building uh, that you had seen when you had flown over. And the last stop on your tour is that massive building. It's located in the center of this compound and is a large steel building that has been erected in a tetra-style portico. The steps leading up to it have been crafted from what seems to be a single slab of electrum, and the building itself is one of the most elegant things you have seen on this entire tour. And then your tour guide speaks up. This is the hall. We utilize it for all of our special events and our meetings. We sincerely hope it is to your liking. Uh, but with that, I must be uh, regrettably returning from my returning to my lab. Uh, you will see the other attendants set up inside, and Mr. Van Korfer will be with all of you shortly. And uh, quick question: Is there any uh, computers nearby? I'd like to see the hall monitor. Ah, uh, the uh, a computer. Um, I'm not familiar with that, that was a joke. term, but ah, uh, oh, yes, the hall. Like a school. Understood. Well, oh, again, oh, regrettably. See, see, this, regrettably. Is, this is why, this is why I am funny and you are not. Gotta go. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and he, Eligos, that Tomas, was, that, that was, that was so aggressive for no reason. Like, I know I was busting his shit that entire time, but like, it was never, in the case of me, it was never out of like any sort of malice. I was just. Calling out the bad jokes as I saw them. The tour. What is a computer, too, first of all? Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. I have no idea. It must be some, like, fancy piloting crap. You enter the building, and then into a large meeting room. Towards the tail end of the room, you see a raised podium, uh, and inside of this room are a wide variety of characters that seem to be setting up some of their wares. You give a quick glance around, and you see a few notable figures. You notice, set up near a makeshift tent, there is a slim figure that seems to be making adjustments to their legs, which seem to be mechanical in nature. They have light pink hair tied into a ponytail and are dressed in baggy loose clothes. They give off the impression of that of an engineer. Next to, next to them is a large man dressed in all black with a hood on with a gas mask that covers his face. He seems to be assisting in some light repairs. In another corner, you see two large looking orcs each adorned with their own hammer. They are dressed in full combat gear. They seem to be speaking to one another and holding up various rocks to compare their sizes. Lazing around towards the front of the room is a jet black Aarakocra, wearing a very interesting suit of light armor, and around him are three smaller beings that he seems to be addressing. He stands next to a medium-sized contraption hooked up to a large flask. A cloaked figure sits down in a divan sofa where he has quite a large staff that seems to crackle with red energy. Surrounding him are additional three cloaked figures as well that seem to be entertaining him as he lazily moves his hands back and forth. A short fat elf, a uh, fat half-elf, dressed in intricate robes, seems to be eyeing everyone suspiciously from the back left corner of the room. And finally, you can smell a very delicious aroma coming what seems to be a food stand manned by a very large-looking chef dressed in a white apron and a full white chef hat. I'm gonna... Guys, I'm gonna go check out the food stand. Okay. Have fun. I might I might, I might, might tag along and then see what other uh, 
it's stuff people have ready to go. John Peters, maybe we should check out what that fat guy is doing. Sure, Captain. All right. So, an Elegus. Uh, I'm just gonna wander the aisles, just take a look at uh, what people have set up. Okay, gotcha. So we'll start off with Wilhelm and uh, and Andra as they walk over towards the food. Uh, you walk up to this stand. Uh, it seems to be uh, like a small cart, uh, like that you would see. It's like a food cart, and inside is a a, a portly looking chef uh, with a. Uh, with bleached blonde hair uh and he uh he says to you welcome to my cart how are you today good uh uh, i'm doing pretty well um i'm doing are you here for food i mean this is yes this is chemically this is chemically perfect food this is food that i myself have crafted with my two sous chefs and it is the best type of food would you like to have some of the food you don't have to shout at me for you to I am not shouting. Food. This is my regular talking voice. Oh, boy. Yeah, but um, I'd love to try some. What kind of food do you It do is you lasagna. Have? And you what said it was of... chemically it perfect? It is a chemically How perfect food. Work? It is by the microbe and electron. It is literally perfect. Microbe? Electron? What are those? What, uh, what, how, how would... Here's the thing. Since cooking is a bit of a, like an art- artistic practice, how 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 is, who are you to judge your food as he, perfect? J- he leans in very close to you and he's like, "I have crafted every single atom in this food and it is chemically perfect. Every inch of it I, is covered in deliciousness." I I do not know what perfect is or fuck. I do not know what atom is. <laughs> Clearly, you do not know perfect until you have tasted my food. And he provides. I mean, I mean, here's the th- here's the thing. Your your food might be delicious, but I very much disagree with the like, uh, almost hyper aggressive and egotistical way you present your f- product. It's like, ah, my food is best. It's like, no, that, that'll drive people away. It's raw. It's raw. And he hands you both a plate of lasagna. Now, uh, excuse me, sir. Is there like vinegar on this or no? There is exactly. One piece of vinegar in this. How do you have a piece of vinegar? If you cannot decide how to have one piece of vinegar in your food, it is not chemically perfect. But vinegar is a liquid. Vinegar is liquid. You cannot have, like, a piece of liquid. You either have a, like, a, a volume of liquid or a smaller volume of liquid. You cannot take volume of liquid and then cut it up. You still have you, volume you see of liquid. he kind of just like chuckles and his sous chefs start to laugh and it's like, clearly you're not very, very, very set up in the eating and cuisine ways. Just eat the food. Sir, I, uh, well, I mean, I will eat your food, but I, I'll have you know that b- back at my guild slash uh, just monastery, I was a, a, bit, a bit of a... Sh- <laughs> 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 I was a bit of a chef, but I will try your food. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll eat it. You guys, you guys dig into the food, and quite literally, it is the best food that you've ever eaten. It, every piece of it just tastes fantastic. Like I don't think you've had like you know like you bite into one piece of food, and, like a part of it's crunchy. Like this lasagna is exactly what you've expected it to be, but infinitely better. There's no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It just it tastes fantastic. It is the perfect food. It is cake, and it is also pizza. It's fucking raw. 
What? Now, 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 Ender, 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 look. I don't know what I don't know what bullcrap you just ate. If she does not throw this delicious. Thank you. And he crosses his. I apologize for like questioning your food. I do still thoroughly disagree with like the aggressive manner in which you present your food, and I would like to say that my expectations have been subverted. Thank you very much. I apologize for my very angry voice. It's just how I was made. Just like how your food was made. Not exactly. Do you see it screaming at you? It is and also not wrong. And, <laughs> and scene, please. <laughs> All right. So, so you guys go over to. Uh, we're gonna move over to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will. I'm sorry. Uh, Captain Captain Wilfred Weatherville and First Mate John Peters. Uh, so you all walk up to the that you want to go to the fat fat elf or. The fat, the fat half elf. Okay, so you see, uh, this man is, uh, the, this man is standing in the uh, corner, kind of eyeing everyone up and down in these intricate robes. And around him are three smaller-looking contraptions that seem to be like walking around. And he says, "Hello, who are you? You can." I am first mate John Peters, and this is my captain. Well, okay. Usually, I'm the one who does the introductions because I'm the captain. But he wasn't wrong. Well, he was wrong to speak before me, but what he said was factually correct. Who are Understood. You? My name is Oakley Boomer. Okay, Boomer, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, I'm here to display my genius. All of these people in Kakamamie, this this entire place is all wrong. All of it is wrong. They're using technology that to to fix their modern problems. Back in my day, uh, t t you would just use magic, and everything would be okay. What you needed to you needed to invent a wheel to get from one place to another. Why not just Why not just have a golem carry you? I don't understand. Everything here is wrong, and I'm here to prove it. Well, so, what are these contraptions uh, next to you? I forgot your name already. Boomer. No, the. Okay. Um. These. Boomer, yeah, Oakley Boomer. Um, th these contraptions are my golems. I created them out of earwax. Uh, and they can do anything here in this city just as good with raw magical energy. <clears throat> no need why? for this weird technology. Why? Yes? Why earwax? Well, that's all I had. Right. Back in my day, we didn't have all of these fancy materials you could- we had to use earwax. Um, first mate John Peters, I think I hear one of our friends calling for us. I think so, too. Well, goodbye. <laughs> See ya, Oakley. Let's, as we walk away, I'm like, maybe we should check out those Aracopra. They looked less earwaxy. Alright. Yes, that, uh, sounds much better than him. Okay, so you guys walk over. Uh, to the Aarakocra, uh, and you see, um, <clears throat> he, he's standing next to his, uh, his large, uh, his large flask, uh, contraption that he set up, and you see he's talking over to, uh, his colleagues, his, his much smaller Aarakocra, and, all right, let me get the voice, one second. Well, hello! Who are you? 
I am Captain Wilfred Weatherville, and this is my first mate, John Peter. Pleasure to meet you. My name is Dubilius Derricochran. I am Master Alchemist, and I intend to prove that I should be acknowledged. Wait, are you related to Johnny Eric Cochran? Johnny Eric? You know Johnny Eric Cochran? He got me out of uh, a few bad situations. That son of a bitch stole my ideas! He will pay for this. So what are, uh, what are your ideas exactly? Well, if you take a closer look, I have my large flaskinator. What it does is it takes any sort of potion. Once you enter it in... Uh, to the larger flask, you are able to amplify the effects tenfold. John Peters, you're a bit of an alchemist yourself. What do you? What is your make of this situation? Well, I like the concept. Uh, and you say you have it working? Yes. Uh, and then he uh, pulls out like a small healing potion. He's like, observe. Uh, and he uh, pours it into the uh, larger flask. And as he does. Uh, the flask itself, like the liquid that, the small amount of liquid that was in there seems to be growing as it goes down in the flask uh, until the basin is large, is more largely full. And then you see he hits a button on the side of it and a gas uh, comes out of the machine uh, and covers you all in a thick healing vapor. Uh, and you would, and you would, if you were not at full health, heal for 10 times the amount of a, of a, um, of a regular potion. It smells like strawberry. Thank you. That wasn't a compliment. Don't oh. like him. But that's fine. <laughs> who are you? Who are your uh, friends over here? Are they helping you with the flaskinator? Yes, they are helping me with the flaskinator. And you see, he kind of just like claps twice, and then three kenku kind of just like snap to his attention, and they uh, uh, they, <clears throat> they kind of just like uh, look over as if expecting some sort of response from me. He's like, "Please refill the flaskinator." Uh, this time with an intelligence potion. Uh, and they, uh, they, they seem to be ruffling through a couple of bags that he has set up next to his, uh, next to his flaskinator and they make it blue. Uh, and the, the flaskinator is now filled with this large blue, uh, blue liquid. John Peters, you're a bit of a Kenku expert. What do you, uh, what do you think of these guys? Oh, um, I will... <laughs> Take a closer look at these Kenku. Uh, roll investigation. <laughs> Do they seem to be acting in any particular way? Roll investigation. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, hmm. Ooh, uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you roll? <clears throat> yes, they look perfectly normal to me as I rolled a four. <laughs> you rolled a four. Yeah, there there's some pretty normal uh, Kenku, and then you see like uh, one of them looks back at you and is like, they look perfectly normal to me, and like the rest of them start kind of just like giggling a little bit. Do they giggle? Is that a that was that that seems? Can I roll nature to see if Kenku can giggle? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just saw it, but sure, roll nature to see if Kenku's can giggle. It could be a po side effect of one of the. Potions from the flaskinator? Giggling doesn't seem normal. Uh, I got an unnatural 20. <laughs> giggling in... I, I can't believe I have to make this up. G -g giggling is, is something that... G -g giggling is something that they can do. Kenkus have been known to giggle. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good job, nature check. Like a... Something seems off about oh, okay. that. Okay. Yes. I'm giggle. learning new things every day, it seems. As I am a KQ expert. As I see them giggle, I'm like, John Peters, I think I hear one of my friends calling us from somewhere. We could go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess maybe we'll try to meet up with Elegos after he's done with his scene. All right. So yeah. you meet up with Elegos. Elegos, you were walking through the uh, the, the stalls, right? Like, yeah. Just to see no, anything nowhere in particular. Around. Just kind of wandering. Okay. So as you wander through the stalls, I guess the, the one that you would get to first would be uh, the, the gentleman that is laying on the divan while three cloaked figures are around him. And as you walk up to him, he kind of just like uh, stops you. He's just like, oh, hello. Um, you, you dear sir, you, uh, you seem very depressed. Is that, am I, am I on spot with that? Are you, are you depressed in any sort of way? Uh, uh, I, maybe? Hmm, well, I, I actually have something that, uh, can fix that. Would you, would you care to, uh, to test out some of my wares? Uh, uh, uh well, I mean, what do you got? Well, my name is Zoloft, the Moodbreaker, M.D., uh, I, uh, cast, using my staff here that I've created, um, a set of necromatic spells, uh, because everyone's a little dead inside, right? Uh, we, uh, I try to, uh, restore, restore your life and vitality, uh, through necromancy. That seems counterintuitive. How so? I don't know. It just does. All right. Well, would you like to give it a try? Also, it does uh, wonders for my would companions. Would Elgos know what a divan is? Because I, as Elgos's player, do not. It's like a lounging sofa. Okay. Like, uh, so he uh, is like, would you like to? Would you like to give it a try? It does wonders for my uh, for my companions. And you see the three hooded uh, creatures that were attending to him kind of turn around, and they're all skeletons. I think I hear my friends calling me. Understood. Come back if you're feeling a little dead inside. My name is Zoloft, the Moodbreaker. MD, as you as you hurry away. Uh, so you guys have pretty much uh, seen everyone so far. There's only two more uh, sets of people I believe you have not seen. It would be <clears throat> the the group of two that seem to be engineers, uh, and then the other group of two, which happen to be orcs. I... I... It, so you all, we, all, five, point, all five of you are together now. Uh, let's uh, I say I I, I want to let, let's talk to the engineers. Uh, I, I agree with that. I'm gonna relay like what we, me and Breathweaver saw from the other two, like the oh, two yeah. we saw. I'll just relay that to them so they know. Okay, so everybody and, is currently aware. Yeah, and I'll relay what happened with the food stall. All right. Chemically perfect food and a couple of weird people. So you walk over to uh, the pair of two engineers and you get a you get a closer glance at them. You see uh, the the there is one uh, one person who is currently making adjustments to their legs, which seem to be sort of like an exoskeleton. Uh, this is for the viewers, less for you guys knowing what an exoskeleton is. Uh, that seems to cover their feet uh, in a way to for them to 
move around more easily so and they're you not see like the... prosthetics they're like actual like yeah they're like like limb enhancers okay almost uh and she uh well they they kind of see you and uh they, they speak up and they say oh hello nice to uh nice to meet you um have uh, you found interest in my stall perhaps what is with your what is <clears throat> with the like mechanical doodad around your body Oh, this, uh, this is my, uh, th th these are actually my, well, legs. Uh, after standing around for so long, uh, you know, working on all of my machinery, uh, I, I found myself more often than not tending to be tired. Uh, so I crafted these myself, um, in order to assist me with walking and standing, uh, so that I don't have to do it as often. So you have, you have, you have invented... A, a chair with wheels on it, but with, like, three extra steps. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But wait, uh, like, you're, you're still engaging the same muscles, and you're still in going to be in the same posture, so why even have mechanical legs? Huh. Well, it makes it a little bit easier for me to move around. So is, is this what you're demonstrating at the uh, Flowering Genius Fair, whatever it's called? Yep, that's right. So I also have the the main uh, application for this is obviously not for lazy people, uh, but it's for people who can't walk. <laughs> but I thought you were using you made this so you wouldn't have to stand while you're working on your actual experiment. What was your actual well, experiment? Well, yes. Was it just a complete failure, and then you had to go back to this or something? Well, my main invention isn't necessarily. Th that's not why I came here. I'm actually more of a armor smith. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, this is just the, a little bit of engineering that I've dipped into, and I feel that uh, it wouldn't be best to, you know, show off the fact that I can make a very standard piece of armor uh, here at a, a Technical Minds uh, convention. Uh, so Ar I decided to show this you off. say? Yes, I am an armorsmith. What kind of armor do you specialize in? Uh, well, all any. types, really. Uh, so provided that it is created out of metal, uh, why? Are you, uh, a fan of the trade? You can, mm, yes. Eh, well, eh. Are you familiar with the Forge God Hephaestus? Uh, and they kind of give you a look. Yeah, yes, I am familiar. Well, I am an acolyte of Hephaestus. Additionally, I am a, a blacksmith by trade. Uh, uh, so you see the t you see the tiefling over there, the tiefling paladin. I made his armor. Huh. So I made that. I made that like a like a couple days ago, like a week ago. All right. And they uh they they come up to. Literally about to start mansplaining armorsmithing. No, <laughs> he's he's attempting to flex. So <laughs> so they they kind of come up and inspect Elagos's gear. Uh, and the they say ah oh, pretty good job. A little bit of a. A botch nudge up here towards the shoulder piece, but I uh, I like it. I'm just I was born with weird shoulders. He also made me this uh, special dagger based on some designs from my native land. And I hold out the Chris. They come out and look at the Chris and they're like, "Oh my!" Well, I uh, I seem to have underestimated you. Uh, that is a very fine piece of work. There is what material is that? It was a it made it made out of adamantine. Very interesting. Uh, so as they begin to inspect the Chris and the armor more, a little bit more now, uh, you you all kind of hear uh, the doors open from the opposite side of the room. 
and as you do after a while of chatting here, uh, the, ma the man enters the room completely dressed in an emerald green suit. His lapels have an intricate design sewn into them uh, with gold-colored fabric, and his slicked back silver hair glistens in the light. He has a very distinct aura of someone who is clearly more rich than you. The wrinkles on his face do not detract from his stalwart figure. He smiles gracefully at all of you and approaches the podium at a very slow pace. Upon arrival, welcome one and all to this year's Tofekian Mines Exhibition. My name is Fixus Van Korfer. It is an honor to invite you all here. I have no doubt that this year's exhibition will be one of our, and he glances around the room, more interesting events. So as you, as you all are listening to this speech now, uh, he continues to go on, and from the from from this room, you all feel quite a large shake, kind of like an earthquake, almost like a tremor, and then a shockwave kind of goes over the room, and all of you now uh, who are in the party are very familiar with this feeling. It feels almost identical, if not identical, to the the feeling of the tower in Tofek. The magical raw energy that it outputs. As you hear from outside of this building, a large crash and a, a, a large like kind of like a as this as this magical shockwave overtakes overtakes the room. Oh shit! Here we go again. Oh boy. Is he still giving a speech here? He kind of looks a little bit rocked now, and he goes over to his. He looks over at his uh, waist side, and he pulls out a a small little device, and he says. What's going on? You you aren't able to hear it, but he looks like he's whispering into into the, uh, the some sort of voice box, uh, and you see you hear just like screams uh, coming from outside of the uh, of this actual hall. As you see the inventors start to uh, start to kind of just like pack up a little bit of their wares, like getting them a little bit closer. Some of them take a defensive stance. Uh, what does the party do? I'm gonna start running outside to see what's going on. Brave Ander. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna go to the nearest window to see what's going on. Okay, <laughs> not as brave, Elagos. Wilhelm's gonna follow Elagos. Okay, so so a couple people run towards the window, and Ander run towards the door. So Ander, you exit the door, and Elagos and party kind of just like all panels up in front of this window. Bye, and then out outside of this um outside of this hall, you see now what. It's clearly something that had not been before there before. A slightly medium-sized structure completely comprised of steel uh that is in the shape of a tower it, it is a, to a tower uh that is standing there in the middle of this square outside of the um outside of this outside of this hall as metal dogs seem to be running around rampant and green energy is crackling through the crowds did the last one look like that thanks for listening to this episode of good job adventures if you like what you just heard be sure to let us know by rating the podcast on your preferred listening platform for questions about the cast, business inquiries, or if the 1980s won't stop harassing you over the phone about getting their shirt back, contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at GJ Adventures. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.